0: So in this section, I just wondered, like I jot down little little questions I have. They're not nearly as profound as Gumby's questions. Boom. But I was wondering if anyone had ever actually conducted this type of mice population experiment in this way. Like, do we know that this actually happens, and it's not just theoretical? Because, like Gumby was talking about the boiling frog, same thing. It's easy to just listen to somebody say, obviously this is what happens.
1: And actually, on one of these Daniel Quinn Facebook pages I mentioned, somebody re- recently asked this. They said they read Ishmael for the first time or blown away, and has there been any supporting, like, evidence of this, uh, what he says about population? So I, I found this research that you did pretty interesting.
0: All right, so I'm not sure what's going to happen here when I try to describe this to you, but I saw on a website this information about a guy by the name of John B. Calhoun. And he actually did do this type of research where he would make these, like, mouse cities, rat paradises, whatever you want to call it. And there was this one in particular that was really interesting. It was called Universe 25. And by the name of it... Um, The article was saying that you can tell that this is not the first time he's done this. It's number 25, or at least uh, in the series, it was number 25. And what he did was, um, this Calhoun guy, he created an area. um, It was actually adjacent to where he lived at. And he was doing an experiment about overpopulation with mice. And in this universe, he created 256 nesting boxes. Um, And there were little corridors and little, like, tunnels where the mice could go. And each of these nesting boxes could hold 15 mice. So if you do the math, and I hope I did this right because I used a calculator, then that universe was capable of holding over 3,800 mice. But they started out with four breeding pairs of healthy mice. And after a little bit of time of just the mice getting used to their surroundings... They started to double in size every 55 days.
1: The population doubled or the individual mice?
0: The population.
1: Oh, I didn't know if you are talking about fat mice. <laughs> mice get fat. Don't look at me like that.
0: That's true, actually. Yeah, I was thinking that when you were talking about um, the, the mice being fed and like while... I know when I'm fed, I don't necessarily want to have sex and, like, procreate. <laughs> yeah, I just Teresa be... <laughs>
1: brought up a good point. Like, when I was, we were looked, thinking about that mouse experiment, you're like, what about mice just overeating? Like, does it necessarily equate to, like, more population? I thought that was kind of an interesting thing that I, I didn't have a ready answer for.
0: And this Calhoun guy that's been doing the experiments, he was doing this since the 1940s with consistent results. He's, um, he's considered a Neo-Malthusian, Thomas Malthus. I believe Brian um, from Portland, oh, he was um talking about, like, he's like, oh, you should read about Malthus. He's a, a character that I think is kind of, he's kind of like the anti-Daniel Quinn in his philosophy. Why? Oh, boy. All right. So, Daniel Quinn, cool. Daniel Quinn was mostly concerned with, like, if we can feed the population, we will, and it's going to cause problems. But Malthus was like, if this population is growing, we can't feed them and think of all the problems that's going to
1: cause. Oh, so it was a completely different yeah. problem that they were worried about. One yeah. was, like, Malthus is worried about the starving population yeah. that can't be fed. Quinn's worried about... That we keep feeding the population, and they take over. Yes. Ah, yeah, interesting.
0: So, um, because Calhoun was a Neo-Malthusian, he believed that population growth would cause our demise by exhausting our natural resources, leading to starvation and conflict. But it wasn't that food and water were scarce in this Universe 25 with the mice, because they wanted it to be kind of like a paradise where, or a utopia where mice could continue to propagate. But past day 315 in the experiment, population growth slowed. More than 600 mice now lived in universe 25. Now I want you to listen to this thinking about our culture. Constantly rubbing shoulders on their way up and down the stairwells to eat, drink, and sleep. Mice found themselves born into a world that was more crowded every day, and there were far more mice than meaningful social roles. With more and more peers to defend against, males found it difficult and stressful to defend their territory, so they just completely abandoned that. Normal social discourse within the mouse community broke down, and with it, the ability of mice to form social bonds. The failures and dropouts of this mice population congregated in large groups in the middle of the enclosure, their listless withdrawal occasionally interrupted by spasms and waves of pointless violence. The victims of these random attacks became themselves attackers, left on their own in nests subject to invasion, nursing females attacked their own young. Oh, I am about. I almost missed a whole page of notes. <clears> hmm. <throat> Lone females retreated to isolated nesting boxes on the penthouse level of this enclosure. Other males, a group Calhoun, Calhoun termed the beautiful ones, never sought sex, and they never fought. They just ate, slept, and groomed themselves.
1: What are... I don't get the beautiful ones. What makes them the beautiful ones? Is he trying to say this is like the 1% of the the Yeah,
0: or it kind of was. He was very anthropomorphic about his experiments, and that actually allowed people to it felt like when he wrote up his research it was more accessible because it was kind of like a story and i'll tell i'll say more about that later but these beautiful ones were just wrapped up in their narcissistic introspection but elsewhere cannibalism pansexualism and violence became endemic
1: what do you mean by pansexualism
0: like everything
1: was just like they were just like
0: "Mm," they were
1: humping like they were just
0: humping everything mouse society had collapsed on day 560 a little more than 18 months into the experiment the population peaked at 2200 mice now remember it was capable of holding like over 3800 mice but this was just this was it the growth ceased a few mice survived past the weaning stage until day 600 after which there were very few pregnancies and no surviving young. As the population had ceased to regenerate itself, its path to extinction was clear. There would be no recovery, not even after the numbers dwindled back to those of the heady early days of the universe. The mice had lost the capacity to rebuild their numbers. Many of the mice that could still conceive, such as the beautiful ones, and their secluded singleton female counterparts, had lost the social ability to do so. In a way, the creatures had ceased to be mice long before their death. Calhoun called this the first death. It ruined their spirit and their society as thoroughly as the later second death of their physical bodies. Now, Calhoun was employed by the National Institute for Mental Health, the NIMH at the time. Um, And they, they... Funded his studies.
1: N I M H? Yeah, NIM. Yeah, like The Secret of NIM? Yeah. So
0: I was going to save this for later, but actually, this was the inspiration for Mrs. Frisbee and The Rats of NIM, the book. Wow. Yeah, and he he actually built a rat city for them, um, which, again, like consistently, it would turn into explosive violence. Hypersexual activity followed by asexuality and destruction. One more part of this and then I'll be done. Could the results from mice and rats be the same for humans? Once the numbers of individuals capable of filling roles greatly exceeded the number of roles in in society, Calhoun said only violence and disruption of social organization can follow. I wonder if this is why we must have jobs. You know, like, how everybody's so worried in the economy for everyone to have jobs? Like, if we don't have a social role, is this our destiny? Like, do we just have too many people and not enough roles for us in society?
1: I think we need some kind of purpose in life. Teresa and I struggle with that. Like, if we're turning away from the wage slavery, like, we don't want this assigned purpose. Um what do we fill it with? And we're still experimenting with that because obviously tribal peoples all over the globe didn't participate in wage slavery, but they found purpose. They were hunters. Yeah. They were warriors. They were something. So if you just reject the bullshit that society gives us, the little rat race, the maze, you've got to find something else. You can't just leave it there.
0: And Calhoun further goes on to say, individuals born under these circumstances, so like overpopulation, will be so out of touch with reality as to be incapable even of alienation.
1: What does that mean?
0: I mean, they can't even just, like, be by themselves.
1: Oh,
0: shit. Their most complex behaviors will become fragmented. Acquisition, creation, and utilization of ideas appropriate for life in a post-industrial, cultural, conceptual, technological society (laughs) will have been blocked. (laughs) So basically, um, if you're living in this overpopulated world, you're not going to be able to function after some time. He does have a caveat, though. So he wanted his research to actually be reflected on positively. He consistently found that those animals that were better capable of handling high numbers of social interactions were able to handle the situation better. So in other words, if you were a mouse, or I guess a human, that's able to just interact with people on and on and number after number of people, then you would be able to be like a winner in hell, so to speak. Hmm. So you would be able to cope.
1: So in other words, a mouse in a more natural environment, because it hasn't been like kind of, you might say, gone through the trial of fire ...of all this fucking overpopulation and shit? Are you saying that that mouse might, given a a challenge outside of its normal challenges, might succumb, might lose, whereas this mouse in the population is somehow toughened? Is that what you mean by you might be able to win in hell?
0: Well, just like humans are different... I mean, I don't want to go off on a super huge tangent here, but, like, what he's saying is, if you're a human that's able to handle all of this stress, handle all of these, like, you know, massive amounts of people and, and situations, then even though you're in a hell of sorts, you'll be better capable of handling
1: it. Oh, so he's saying that even within this, there's kind of a selection going on.
0: Yeah, and as for the losers, Calhoun found, they sometimes became more creative. Exhibiting an unmouse like drive to innovate. They were forced to in order to survive. Um, he also argued that man was a positive animal. So this is his uh, drawing a line between his mouse experiments and man. That if man were more adaptive, or he is adaptive in other words, his creativity and design could solve our problems. So, in other words, if we are headed towards an overpopulated Earth, hopefully man being the positive, adaptive, adaptable, creative species that he is, um, maybe he could figure this out. No surprise, Calhoun was an advocate of colonization of space. (laughs) Um, Because, of course, it's just a factor of, of space.
1: Yeah, and isn't it always like we have to figure out the problem rather than recognize that something is a problem and not do it anymore? Like Mm. to me, that's the insanity.